Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the 3CP Sports Podcast. I'm Luke Wickheiser with my good friends, Tony Snyder and Michael Reiner. Guys, how you doing? How you doing? It's been a long time since we've been here. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, peeps. It was a great week, but we're, uh, we're getting ready to get back to it. That's for sure. Oh, man. Holiday weekend, but we have a lot to talk about, right? That's Luke? right. Absolutely. And uh, I'll try not to go off on, I'll try not to go off on too big of a tangent here, but I'll oh, go ahead. I, I, I got to use this, guys. The Cary Blue Devils are heading to the state championship game for the first time since 1975. Are you kidding me right now? Oh, my God. Pardon my French. I have to put an explicit label, but I'm just going to say it. Are you shitting me? Uh, <laughs> I have never heard oh. this man more excited than he called me last night on the phone. At, uh, it was incredible. I oh mean, just God. ride the wave, dude. Ride oh the boy. wave. I just, you know, and I, I have obviously followed football since I was probably five or six years old. And, you know, you follow teams, whether it's high school, college or pro, and you follow them all season and you see them grow and get better. But it's just there's something different about this team. It's just our first game against Hopewell Loud, and I wasn't there because it was a road game, but that was the only game we lost. I don't think Jordan Vallejo, our starting running back, was the running back for that game. Um, you know, and kind of we're figuring out their identity, you know, and then I think the first, second or third week they were playing Galleon and they were down at halftime and then they started responding. And, and I don't know at what point I thought this team was special, but I think it might have been after Colonel Crawford because Colonel Crawford, uh, won the league last year, the um, the Northern 10. Right. And our guys beat them by like almost three scores. And I'm like, holy crap. You yeah. know, and then right. they, kept, they kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And, you know, and I don't want to say this about our guys, but I'm being honest. Like, I think when we got, when we got to Crestview, because in the playoffs, they were undefeated at 12 and 0. We're hearing all the talk about how great they were, you know, and, and I kind of started getting actually annoyed. I was like, hey, what about our guys, you know? And uh, then he just went and pounded Crestview, who was an undefeated team, who was ranked, I think, the second seed in Region 22. And then it was like, okay, this team could go all the way if they wanted to. And then after that, they proceeded to beat Liberty Center 31 to 7. And then they just beat um, Springfield 20, or 26 to 13. And they shut down um, Bo Brungard, who is a Mr. Mm -hmm. Football candidate, who's a stud, yeah. going to be a stud for Youngstown State. That's right. And now in the state championship game next Saturday at 3 p.m., they're going to face the Coldwater Cavaliers. Defending for, state champions, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Defending state champions. And, uh, um, you know, I, I heard I got to do some scouting, but Coldwater, I guess the main thing they love to do is bludgeon people with size. They ain't going to be able to do that against Kerry if they're going size on size here. We'll see. Right, right. But, uh, dude, I just <laughs> – I have never seen a town just fall in love with a football team so much. I mean, the reception, right. the reception these guys have gotten when they beat um, Liberty Center and then when they beat Springfield last night, I'll tell you what, they beat if they beat Coldwater, the entire town is going to be shut down for probably about a week. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I could definitely imagine that, Luke, but I wanted to ask you real quick. Going into the season, did you actually have thoughts that the team – could be a state contender because I'm always curious about that. I haven't watched any of the Kerry games, uh, but heading into the season, did you imagine that uh, Kerry would be a state contender? Um, to be quite honest, no. I mean, the potential was there, but um, our first game against Hopewell Loudon was kind of a, I remember when we played that first game, 
it was kind of a bring us back to earth. Cause I mean, when everybody starts, they all have that dream, you know, there's right. I think, probably 600, 700 total schools in the state of Ohio through all divisions. And they all have that dream, but then we lost to Hope Loudon, who's coached by a very good coach and Brian Colatruglio. Um, and it kind of brought us back to earth. And I was like, okay, we're still a solid team, but I think we kind of need to figure things out. But no, going into this, I didn't expect them to be a state title contender. I did expect them to contend for the Northern 10 championship, our conference. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then and then challenge Colonel Crawford and possibly go to the playoffs and win a game or two, like most carry teams do that are in that spot. I just don't know where that extra gear is coming from, but man, oh man, this team is just on a roll. And it's not even like, it's not even like they're lucky. I mean, they haven't no. into anything. They haven't lucked into a win. They haven't won by like a last right. second touchdown or field goal. I'm just going to say they've been kicking people's asses. Right. It's, right. it's not even been close. Right. So I know I did not expect them to make it this far, but I'm, I'm glad they did. And boys, if you're listening, I apologize, but that's the honest truth. When we're going in this season, I know you're a very good team, but I did not expect you guys to go here, but now that you're here, I'm going to, I'm going to make a saying by Jake Taylor, PG 13, instead of R, why don't you go and win the whole damn thing? That's right. Yeah. So, but my, oh my, we got to go back to the snow globe, the snow belt back up in Canton next Saturday, but yeah. man, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so, Illyria seemed like an odd choice for the game that you were just at last well, night, but it, wow. It, it was actually Euclid. I'm uh, sorry. It was Euclid. And yeah, I was actually at uh, the Cavaliers game last night. Right. Um, and we won against a very bad team and it was ugly. Um, but I did, I was able to um, meet and greet Katie Najat from, she's an Ashland alum, and mm-hmm. she is a gold medalist for women's pole vault in Tokyo. And right. I got a picture taken with her. It was a great night. Um, but then it took an hour and 10 or an hour and 20 to get home mm-hmm. very, very slowly. So, yeah, well, hey, as long as you got home safe. That's right. Um, you know, I, so. I, you know, shout out to my mother. No, she, God rest her soul. God bless her soul. Cause she, she, um, she drove us to the game and I, I originally wasn't going to go because I knew how bad it was going to be up there for weather. Um, right. I, I told her, I said, we can stay home and, and I can buy the game on spectrum for 10 bucks. And, um, she goes, she goes, Luke, do you want to go? And I was like, sure, I'll go, but you don't have to drive me there. Like right, I wasn't right. like, pushing to go, but then she's like, we're going by the tickets. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to possibly go see my team go to the state championship. <laughs> And what a feeling, huh? Oh, my God. Well, dude, <laughs> it, it was amazing because, like, I think several times during the, the game, I had to, like, I looked up during, like, when timeouts were going on, and it was like we were in the world's biggest snow globe and somebody just shook it. And yeah. I looked around and I'm just like, are we really here right now? Like, are we still playing in late November after Thanksgiving? This is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, and then, well, and, and I hope no matter what happens that these guys give it uh, number one, give everything. And number right. two, enjoy no matter what happens, because number one, a lot of these guys are done. They're seniors. And, you know, when you're in division six, you usually don't play college football. When you're usually done, you're done. Um, but number two, it's just like, you don't know for the underclassmen, you don't know how there, you don't know how you're going to get back to the state championship because it's hard. I mean, it's very hard. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm not saying these guys are lucky, but I think you have to be lucky in the sense that um, it's kind of like a perfect storm, because a lot of the guys, if not all of them that are playing now, 
started playing and getting to know each other in peewees back when they were eight, nine, ten-year-old kids. Yeah. I mean, these guys right. have been playing for years. And usually you might not get that with this team. I mean, I think our guys, when we played high school football, yeah, we knew a lot of them from peewees and stuff, but we didn't have that same connection, I don't think, that these guys have. And um, if Kerry – or should say when Perry's going to lose a lot of these guys after this season, no matter what happens, we might not see another state title berth for a while, just because it's, it's so hard to get there. You got to have the right talent, right coaching. You got to have just the right camaraderie. It's got to be just right. And then you got to be willing to, or got to be able to execute. And they've done all those things. It's, it's a perfect storm. So, right. But man, oh man, I just, I am, <laughs> I am, I'm in disbelief. It still, still hasn't sunk in, has it, dude? No, it has not and probably will not until about, I'd say, Thursday morning or Friday morning. Right. <laughs> it's going to be a little while. <laughs> but uh, Cold Waters won, I think, seven state titles. They're very, very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they don't win them all. They're human, just like everybody else. Okay. Right. And, you know, yes, they've won all these state championships. They've won all these MAC titles. And the MAC is a – a monstrous conference that has right. produced mm-hmm. so many winners, but you know, it's not about those past teams. It's not about um, all those te- awards and accolades and stuff. It's about right. two great teams playing on a snowy field in Northern Ohio in early December. That's all it's about. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can have a lot of gadget plays. You can have a lot of trick plays and stuff. I think Coldwater and Carrier is going to be like two bulldozers just going at it. They're just going to try to see who can out, out muscle the other. Now, do, now, I have an interesting question for you. Do you think that it will be like a nine-three ball game, or do you think it will be higher scoring? Because I, I really don't know what to expect here. I don't know what to expect, and I, I got to do some research and I got to look. But, um, I will say, and I have, like I said, I haven't done any research on Coldwater yet. Okay. Other than looking at their scores. Um, but I think it's going to probably be, I'll say the winner of this game, no matter if it's cold water or carry scores 20 or less. Okay. I think yeah. it's, they're going to score more than nine, but I think it's going to still be low. I don't think you're going to see, cause okay. I think cold water, they handled West Jefferson 35 to 13. Right. Um, I don't think they're going to score 35. They might. And if they do congrats to them, if they blow us out, right. right. But I don't see either team blowing the other out really. Okay. Right. Well, let, let's say this too, guys. Just making it to the state championship it is an accomplishment. It's just incredible. Right. Yep, you know, and, and no doubt with the way this, with the way this team has got the reception they've gotten when they've come back. My mom was like, "They should have a parade for these guys, even if they don't win, because you made the state title." It's like, right? Um, you know, but oh my! I God, wouldn't be surprised if you see one. Oh boy! But Tony, if they win, oh, I'm geez. going. I'm, I know, and and. Pardon to anybody who's listening. To wow. this. I'm going to be honest here. I will literally pass out at our bar in town. Somebody uh, have to cover, cover me up and I'll get a ride home in the morning. It's, see, I, I just, I, I can totally see this happening. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I don't know how the next few weeks will be after. That. I think that, that mostly you will not be coherent. You will no longer be using the phone. Oh for that God. period, because no one would be able to understand you. Um, but boy, <laughs> I really hope it happens for you, man. I oh really do. I, I hope more, more than anything else, it happens for the boys. This is their. That's time. right. That's right. This is their time. They've earned it, you know. And I, I, and I'm still, and I know it's been a couple of weeks now, but I'm still very, very honored. I didn't get to say this, but I did get to speak to the team before their which game was it? 
might have been Liberty Center. So yeah, it was last or two weeks, I think right. yeah, almost, almost two weeks ago. And I got a text from Jody Paul. She's the mother of um, Carson and Cameron Paul, two of our linemen. And she was like, you know, she goes, would you be willing to speak to the football team? And I'm like, you have to ask me. <laughs> right. Like I'm going. Thank uh, you very much. Yeah. You know, but um, I might've said, you know, cause my theme of my speech was not to quit not to give up and not be done. And I gave like a little story about how I didn't quit when we played football. But again, I always shifted it back to them. This is their time. Uh, my time is over and hopefully cold water's time is over on Saturday and our guys can party. So, right. Right. Um, but man, oh man, let's go. Let's kick the time. Tire. Will like tell. Daddy. Time will tell. <laughs> so, um, but you know, but shifting down a little bit, boy, oh boy, am I glad Kerry won because Ohio state laid a real egg yesterday. The other I was thinking goal. about your mental state. If oh, Kerry had not won, it oh, would have been not good at all. Oh my God. Now, now, I want to start here by saying I don't think that we, and I told you this yes, yesterday, Luke, I don't think that Ohio State stopped a great offensive team all year. I no, think I the think times so. that we, you know, nearly shut people out or they didn't score much was just because they couldn't get anything going. Right. And it was our offense being, you know, Ohio State offense. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It just, I don't get it, man. I am still scratching my head because you pound Michigan state. Right. And I literally was saying to you and, and I eat my words, right. right. Congrats to the Wolverines, but I literally right. was saying to you right. after we beat Sparty, I was like, Michigan's in trouble. This yeah. is, the, this is the offense. Every, indi- every indication was that, we, that they were in trouble. Yeah. And I think that, that, uh, they spotlighted two of the pass rushers for Michigan as really spotlight players. And that ended up being absolutely what happened, but it was like, I don't think that we've seen anything like this all year, probably in the last several years, as I recall. So no, absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm not going to get too angry or upset about it because the blue devils won. And that really did help my mood. Right. Right. Um, But I don't know. It just, it was like, it, it almost like Ohio State was sleepwalking, I guess, kind of, because because Michigan, I, I expected them to strike first because it's their home turf and they're fired right. up, and jacked and ready and stuff. Um, but it gets to the point where it's about third third quarter, I think, about mid third quarter. We were down fifteen, so I was like, okay, we're down fifteen. I'm not feeling very good, but we have an offense that if they click, they can right. blow the Wolverines out of their own stadium, you know. And so you're just waiting, 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 and like. Okay, guys, when are you going to kick it up? <laughs> There's seven minutes to go. Are we going to make? Yeah. Right. And it never came. And then also, uh, they just made uncharacteristic mistakes. And my <laughs> mom says she went to the room because she had to do some other stuff. I know why she went to the room. So she didn't have to deal with me. But she goes, all I had to do was listen to how you reacted to the game and know what was going on. Yeah. And that's how I was reacting to the Cavs game last night. We were we oh, still won by 13. Yeah. Oh, against boy. a terrible team, the Magic have won four games, and most teams have played twenty. So it was right. Anyway, go ahead. But for but for Michigan, you know, mm-hmm. and I say this to all my friends who are Michigan fans: congratulations. You know, you guys earned it. It wasn't from you know a single bad call. I mean, the ref, I, the refing, I think was a little sketchy on both sides. But when but you're at least playing, on both sides, you'll take it. If it's on both yeah. sides, you'll absolutely take it. Yeah. And I'm not making right. I'm not making excuses. I mean, um, officiating is bad, but 
if you play well enough, you can overcome. That. You shouldn't put you shouldn't put the onus on whether you win or lose on the officials no, who are not. at bottom fallible human beings like the yeah. rest of us are. Yeah, and so you know there were bad calls I think on both sides, but exactly. Michigan just flat out kicked our ass. I'm just going to be honest, right? You know? Right. Um, well, Tony, I think you hit it with the nail on the head that Ohio State hasn't stopped a good offense. Do I think Michigan's a great offense? No, I don't. I don't think they can throw the football. But then right. I also believe that uh, offensively, Haskins got himself drafted. Hutchinson. Oh, absolutely. No made question. Him a top, made him a top 10 prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, basically what I saw is just an Ohio State team that just didn't come ready to play. Right. Offensive penalties. Uh, oh, so many. Oh, so many of them were so obvious that even I saw them. And you know that that's right. really obvious. Right. And, and I don't want to keep going back to – I don't want to go back to Kerry now. But it almost reminded me of how Kerry wins games because, I, you know, if, if Springfield had had more chances – you have a high-powered, high-octane offense who loves right. to throw the ball. Yeah, you've got you've got a talented quarterback in yeah. um, Bo Brungard, right? You know, kind of like C.J. Stroud. That if you know Michigan right. hadn't been able to run the football for almost three hundred yards, yeah, uh, they probably wouldn't have won the game. But they ran the football, chewed up the clock, and kept the Buckeyes off the well, field. One, how many times did we see even very early in the game, third and two, third and one? Yeah. Four. And yeah. I think there was at least one fourth and one. Oh, yeah. And they, I think they converted all of them or, yeah. or very close I, to, to all I of think them. There, I think there was only a couple. I would literally say, literally two or three. There were only literally two or three situations where it was third and long. And guess what happened? They the got play, it anyway. The, well, <laughs> no, there were a couple of times where Ohio State actually stopped them. But yeah. the problem is they didn't put them in enough of those situations. Right. So, but no, Michigan played better, and now it's Michigan versus Iowa for the Big Ten title. So, I don't, I don't have any faith in Iowa anymore. <laughs> I think that if Michigan plays anything like they did against Ohio State, boy, oh boy, they are going to be, they're going to be. I'm not saying that they will win even the semifinal, but they will be in a position to do so. Oh man, and I'll say this, and you know. Um, it could or not, it could or could not be a good thing. I think this win helped Jim Harbaugh just save his job. I think absolutely just saved his job because he was hired to beat Ohio State and he just did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, so I want to interject a little bit here. Alabama had to take four overtimes to beat Auburn. Holy crap. 20, <laughs> 20, 24 22, I believe, was the score. So, oh man, Alabama is certainly. Listen- yeah, go ahead. That's almost depressing, even if you're rooting against Alabama. <laughs> right. So it's like we're if we're thinking about this, like right. it's depressing to watch, even when we're wanting Alabama to lose. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, to see them struggle with a team like that. But finish what your thoughts, Tony. No, that I mean, I I just think that if that if Michigan plays the way they played yesterday, I think they could really contend. Um, I do not think that they will. I think that they could. Right. Right. I just, you know, I, and like Michael said, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it matters entirely that you have like, you know, all these high, high octane offensive weapons, but I just think Michigan is too uh, primitive offensively to go up against, you know, some of the best, but we'll see. You may very well be right, but it, it, I mean, if, 
if Michigan cannot have a run game, they have already lost the ball game. So right. if they can't run no- the ball, they have nothing. Well, not nothing because um, both quarterbacks were able to pass under duress, but right. certainly they want to run more than pass. So, mm-hmm. so, but uh, shifting topics to the next big college football topic, it literally came mm-hmm. on my phone a couple hours ago. Lincoln Riley, who coached Oklahoma, is leaving to take the USC gig. And that was interesting. I didn't expect him to take that job. And right. I, really, well, I really don't have an opinion on it, but what's your thoughts, guys? Good luck to Lincoln Riley. I don't consider him <laughs> necessarily a program builder. I think that he is more likely to take the Lamborghini and not screw it up because <laughs> he, he, um, he was the protege of Bob Stoops who had built a dynasty as much as it pains me to say. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think that USC is a very high profile job that should not be. And it may be yet another instance of a career going to die. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I, I remember this this preseason uh, before games had actually begun um, that USC and UCLA were supposed to be contending for the Pac-12. Right. Neither of which particularly happened. Um and when Oregon was shellacked by Utah, I believe it was last week, I was like, well, that's say goodnight for the Pac-12. So, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, there is a Pac-12 championship game and they will probably get, you know, a middling to good bowl. But, right, um, yeah, I th- think that the Pac-12 really needs to evaluate how good they think they are. Um, but I think Lincoln Riley is a very good coach. We'll see if he can turn a benighted program around. Right. So we'll see. But I think you're exactly right. I think um, Lincoln Riley is just uh, – is, um, I like how you referred to it as he's the guy who drives the Lamborghini and doesn't screw it up. Right. And that's why I still don't um, – I understand why – and I know it's been years now, but I understand why the Browns wanted Lincoln Riley because especially when we got Baker – of course, you wanted a quarterback and coach, right. but I don't know how well that would have translated over. And uh, again, Stefanski has worked in tandem with Barry, and and I'm not so sure that um, that Riley would have been the same way. You know, I don't know right. if they would have worked mm-hmm. together, and it's hard to tell what would have happened. But very few college uh, college coaches translate over well to the pros. But for Lincoln Riley, you know, obviously USC saw something in him that they liked, and maybe sure. maybe he sure. could be a, a program. <laughs> And this is his first time, I think, really to be a program builder. So yes, right. Uh, we'll see. You know, if I were mm-hmm. him, and I don't, I'm obviously not an expert, but if I were him, if I was a coach hired to rebuild a program, first thing I would do is, you know, research and study the history of the school that I'm going to and study our rivalry and, and study our main right. rivalry. And then, like Ryan Day says for Ohio State, even though he failed at his job this time, uh, the, fir- the first thing you want to do is beat your rival and then win every game after that, you know? Right. Right. Once you figure that out, you, oh, go ahead, Michael. I was just agreeing with all you were saying. Keep going. Right. Um, you know, but then after you do that, then it's like, okay, how do I go about doing that? How do I go about building the the vision of this team? What are we going to be, you know, based around or based on and then go from there. But, right. um, you know, good luck to Lincoln Riley. I really did not expect him to take this job. It, it totally came out of left field, but um, right. we'll see what he does. You know, USC, yeah. USC at their best. I, I think – I kind of like Michigan. I think college football is better with a strong USC too. Well, because I really don't like USC, I would I would say that 
<laughs> it's really great to have a UCLA USC game. That's great. <laughs> great. It's great to have a, a USC Stanford game. That's great. You know, the so, rivalries that we've expected to, so that we see how good USC <laughs> is when they're playing the best versions of their rivals, because it, it really says very little about a team. If, none of their rivalry games are really rivalries that season. It could mean that they are really good, but it also could mean that the rivals are just pretty awful. Right. So, you know, and, and uh, boy, Stanford has really taken a turn. Um, they got annihilated 45, 14 is by Notre Dame. I think, I think Notre Dame was yesterday, but it was a complete and utter disaster. I oh, believe man. that that now at the at the very most, I think that Stanford is three and eight. I'll have to check oh, on that. But it's is, just is David Shaw still there? I believe he is. I, I don't believe oh, he's God. been fired yet, but it oh, may boy. be coming. I don't know. Right. And I really, really like David Shaw a lot. Um, yeah, but we'll <laughs> we'll see if he can turn it around. Wasn't he one of the assistants under Harbaugh when he was there? I want to say that he was, yes, but I'm not he sure. Won, that don't quote me on that. Wasn't he a defensive coach? I can't remember. I think right. he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, man, it's it's sad to see Stanford fall on hard times like that. But, right. um, but shifting to the pros here, guys, we got an unpredictable and wacky AFC North race going on right now. And, Michael, I'm not going to rub it in too much, but your Steelers took a pounding today, dude. Well, I mean, we could call it unpredictable. We could call it whatever you want. But all we know is that the Steelers are a bad football team, ladies and gentlemen. We are mm. atrocious. We are bad at almost every level, um, I guess, except for pass defense. But who really cares if you can't pass the ball to score right. on your own right. side? Uh, Big Ben has reached a wall. I think he's done. And I also believe that, you know, in order for the Steelers to get the draft pick that they want, it literally is at the point where they're going to have to lose games. And that's a very sad point. Yeah. Yep. You're where you're at a spot where you're like, yeah, losing games would honestly be better than winning games. But we're six, five, and one. And I don't believe that we're any better than the three other teams in the north. So mm. okay. Yeah. Maybe Cleveland, but uh hey, hey. I guess we're, I guess we'll oh, now come on. Happens. Don't be a homer I, now, Luke. I guess we'll <laughs> come on. see what happens tonight. But geez, right. I uh, we get, yeah, as we get into for our predictions for the eight thirty game, but Ooh. what we know is the Steelers are bad and the Bengals are actually really good. So well, but uh, except when they're not, I, they had I, two I, terrible I, losses. I was gonna say they're really good when they're on, right? You know, um, because I still, you know, even though it's been <laughs> even though it's been a few weeks, I still did not expect Cleveland to go in and pound Cincinnati. Yeah, that. That so, didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And, to and then either. we and then we and then we decided to, to shit the bed against the Patriots. Well, so. and then Cincinnati lost to the New York Jets with a rookie quarterback. I mean, right. wow. Right. Total aberration. You no, know, it's it's just well, and it's like well, and I almost want to say it's like, well, the real division champion, whoever you are, please stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that someone will have to become more consistent. And right. I I think it may be that whoever ends up at the top kind of falls into it or limps limps into it at the I end of the season. I, I could definitely see limping into it being the case because in when the AFC North is good, like it, I, I'm still going to say the AFC North's the best division in football. Because, right. 
neither t- no none of the teams have a losing record. Right. Um, you know, but there's a reason they call the AFC North the black and blue division. Right. <laughs> and, exact, and this is, we're seeing exactly why it's playing out this way. But yeah. It's still crazy. You can think that every single team, and, and I'll still say Pittsburgh too, even though they lost, you right. know, by, by the end of the season, everything, everybody is so close together still that if one team catches fire, you know, that team's going to win the division, but it's just like, they're all close. I mean, Cleveland, do I see them beating Baltimore twice? No, I see them. I see them splitting. Uh, right. If, if anything, or getting swept, unfortunately. But um, right. you know, my gut's telling me, even though I hope we win tonight, we would lose in Baltimore and win in Cleveland in two weeks. But um, but we'll see, man. I, I just I still don't know about that. It's it's um, this division is wacky. It's the right. wacky I've seen it in quite a while. So right. Um, but going into that game tonight, the Sunday night football game, um, Tony, what, how do you think this one's going to play out? Because I will. I will say Baltimore 24-21 okay. at this point. Right. Michael, what do you think? I say it's going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game in this one. All right. I think I'm going to go Ravens narrowly by a point. Um, I think I'm going to go Ravens, um, well, probably by a field goal. Ravens 37, Browns. Um, well, hold on. Let me think for a second. Um, uh, how about, how about uh, Ravens? 27 Browns 21. Okay. Okay. All right. I think that Justin Tucker will give a little bit more insurance. Oh, and and, then, and if it's from 50 or 60 yards, I'm just gonna be like, oh geez. Am Here I we go. One, am I the only one still feeling bad for the doinker that Detroit fans had to suffer? It's oh, just for heaven's sake. Oh, Dang. It's the most Detroit thing, <laughs> at least as far as the Lions are concerned. And pretty oh, soon we're going to have the bags over the heads again for the fans, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> well, I, I was, mean, I'm a Steeler fan, and I want to put the bag over my head, you know. But I can't even imagine what it would be like. Has this been the, the first time in your life that that the Steelers have felt this bad? Well, here's what I'm going to say. All I know is that if I'm going to use an analogy here, I want to say, you know, we're toast, but we're buttered, and we have jelly on us, too. <laughs> we just this is new level. This is new levels of bad, and we need to get uh, bad enough so that we can draft us some Kenny Pickett. This guy is le- leading Pitt, Pitt out of all programs. That's right. ACC championship. Uh-huh. So I kind of want this guy. So okay. All right. We'll the, see only, what the only thing I will ask about the Steelers is, you know, the the um, the quarterback draft class is pretty weak this year. I don't know when the next strong draft class will come up, but. Um, where do you think the Steelers go from here as far as rebuilding? What do they focus on first? Well, I think if you don't get the quarterback that you want, which is Kenny Pickett, there's a lot of people here that really want Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Then you go probably, you know, best, I want to say maybe best pass rusher on the board. I mean, we have a good pass. Right. But it would be nice to have some Adam Hutchinson in there. Right. Uh, When I saw him in the Michigan game, Last week, I thought, man, he would be great to have on our team, kind of as a replacement to Bud Dupree um, uh-huh. so that we can try and stop the run better. Other right. than that, we probably have a litany of different positions that we could exploit um, and make our own. But I think quarterback, pass rusher, and then probably uh, offensive line. Okay. Possibly. Okay. You know, and I just was thinking of, um, and Nick kind of made me, <laughs> kind of made me uh, shaking my boots a little bit, honestly. You guys getting Hutchinson, 
Great. The guy goes from killing Buckeyes to killing Browns. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The figures. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, that's interesting, but um, definitely an interesting scenario Pittsburgh's in. But uh, to end the show, we also, instead of getting your, getting just your take on the Steelers, we need to get your take on a segment we have missed so much, the Reiner Rundown. Michael, why don't you take us into that one? Well, I just want to say the Reiner Rundown, uh, basically, I just want to give a shout out to all the local teams in high school football. We talked a little bit about Kerry, but um, even we just had, uh, I think, Ursuline season ended uh, right. this week. Springfield here in the Mahoning uh, County area. West so, Holmes from my area as well. And Worcester so, a couple weeks before that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we apologize if we got some things wrong as to who's in and who's not, but just want to give a shout out on the Reiner rundown to all high school teams who are still in it or made the playoffs. It's probably the toughest thing to do is to win a high school football game out of all the different sports, um, especially because in certain playoffs, certain uh, amount of teams get to make it. Um, it's very, very difficult to win a high school uh, playoff game. Even today with the expanded bracket, it's still tough to do. So right. I just want to give a shout out to all the teams in the state and Here's to a good football season. I can't believe we're almost in December. I know, right? Right. It's and zany. <laughs> right. And, you know, like to kind of chime in here, I can't believe it. I, I got it. I would like to see, and it might take me a while to research. I would like to see exactly how many high schools have a football team and see how many there there are that are just out there. Because I'm guessing there, I'm, I want to say it's like 700. Yeah. Through all right. divisions. It wouldn't surprise me if it was at least 500 to 600, if not 700. And right. you've had many great teams, you know, like you said, fall, unfortunately, in the playoffs. And out of all those schools, there's only 14 left still playing. This is insane. It just right, – right. it's, it's crazy. So, yeah. you, know, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, like I hope my alma mater wins the state title. Um, but even being a state runner-up or even winning a, a couple playoff games or one or just making it there. Is uh, simply right. fantastic. It really right. is. You know, and – and the whole town usually just catches fire. The hysteria is really cool. Oh man! But it's just like it just gets everybody happy, and it's and it's something that's worth you know keeping around for a while. You know, right? You know, and with a small town like like Cary, you know, we're, yeah. we're we're a farm town, a farming community, and people have other things going on. You know, but uh, and when it comes Friday night in the fall. There's wow. nothing. There's nothing but blue double football, and right. you, think, you think the school spirit was high on a regular season? Oh, jeez! Oh my God! Paint the town blue and white. I'll be there with a bucket. Uh, roll. That's right. <laughs> it's like that's right. Um, well, what's the old saying? And and my uh, one of my old high school classmates, DJ Dyer, Dwight Dyer. He's one of the defensive coaches, and he used an old saying. He goes, "All right, guys, last one out of town, lock up." That's right. Jeez. It's going to be a ghost town come next or come this next Saturday at three. But a yeah. shout out to all the high school football teams that have made it or that have made it this far, but also the ones like you said that have played. And there's nothing quite like high school football. I mean, there's other high school sports and all the athletes and those are great as well. But I'm always going to be partial to football. It's it's just something else. So, but um, yeah. but guys, I need to sign off here and I need to go calm myself down. Animals still at the end of his chain. But until <laughs> next time. I'll see you guys later. We'll see you later until episode 11 of the three CP sports podcast. I'm Luke Wickheiser with Tony Snyder and Michael Reiner signing off. Take care, everybody.